You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, you can flee the country. You can change your name. You can stick your head in the microwave and get yourself a tan. (laughs) Thank you, Weird Al. That song's been on my head forever. But nothing, nothing can save you from the watch list. Dare to be stupid. It's all right. We could be stupid all night. Is that a Weird Al song? It is. It's my favorite Weird Al song because it's a style parody of style parody of Devo. I wish that I had like <laughs> a great memory like everybody else does. I think I smoked it away. <laughs> so well, I don't remember all that stuff. That song might make you want to smoke. <laughs> I mean, everything makes me want to smoke. <laughs> oh, you should actually watch the video while you're smoking. I'm going to do that when I go home. I'll, no, s- I'll send do that it tomorrow to you when I have some. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send it to you. Thank you. Dare to be stupid. It's my favorite songs. Hey uh, guys, it's Casey's birthday. It is my Happy birthday. birthday Casey. Hi, my third thirtieth. Hello. I love my thirties. I really do. They're actually a lot better than my twenties. I have to agree with that. <laughs> I did some really horrible shit in my twenties. So you it's know, one of those things better. Like, Especially like twenty five and before, you're like, man, if I could go back now, I'd be like, you're really stupid. You oh really God. think you know it all? Mm-hmm. You really don't. But I would change lots of things. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think it's when you get in your thirties that you're your most confident. You start not taking any shit. God, when you get to your sixties, you're like, fuck the world. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have a client who's in her sixties. She goes, it's only it only gets better. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I'm in my sixties. <laughs> I've earned the right not to give a shit. Old saggy titties flopping all over the place. Like, I don't care. I don't want to put on a bra. Right. Public's like, but could you please? Yep. <laughs> no. Do your tits hang low? Do they wobble in a bra? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? And now I just imagine somebody f- slinging their cow udders over their <laughs> shoulders. <laughs> flop, flop. I see that, but like in cartoon in my head, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> cartoon babes. Right. Or like one of those... Chicks with the giant natural boobs that can like crush watermelons. Yeah, that's excessive. Well, it's yeah. like you're damaging your breast tissue. Why would you do I that? Know. It hurts. Why are you trying to like misshape them? That's not good. Even more than they already are. Huh. Gumby boobies. Can you get a tumor from beating up your boobs? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to try it. Me either. I don't want to beat things up with my boobs. I don't want anybody beating up my boobs. I like my boobs. Boobs. It's turned into B E W B S. Boobs. Boobs. So, okay. Uh, I was really hungover on Sunday. And I have this thing called relaxer's guilt normally. It's really hard for me to sit down for more than an hour and watch television. People binge watch shows all the time. I I can't do that because in my mind, I'm just like, I'm not using my time productively. I'm naming off, excuse me, a million and one things like I could be doing at that time. However, are you sure that's not anxiety? Is anxiety. Because it sounds like anxiety. <laughs> it is. It is a form of anxiety. It's like I have to fill this time with a bunch of productive stuff. It's overachievers anxiety. I think so. Yeah. Like I'm always trying to catch up. It's like, oh, no, if I sit down for an hour, I'm going to miss out on something. I'm going to be behind on something. But the alcohol is just like, no, 
you were sitting on the couch. Girl, you gonna treat yourself today. Right. And I treated myself to watching all of the new show on Netflix, or new documentary, I should say, um, called Evil Genius. And it's about the bank heist, I believe it was in the 90s, where they strapped a bomb to the pizza delivery guy. Oh, shit. And forced him into this bank robbery heist. And they had told him, or the bomb was supposed to be fake. And it wasn't. Supposed to be. And exploded and he died. Oh, my God. So that's not a spoiler. If you look up the case, that's what happened. Right. So this case involved, let's see, six people. And the woman that led it was Marjorie... Um, God, what the hell is her name? Deal? Marjorie Deal? Uh, let me... Marjorie doesn't like pizza. We can blow up the pizza guy. (laughs) He brings you yummy deliciousness. Marjorie Deal Armstrong. Okay, this woman, she has a master's degree, bachelor's degrees. Wow. Super intelligent, comes from a rich family, but she's out of her mind. She is actually too smart for her own good. So she was just so rich and comfortable she just got bored and decided to blow somebody up and rob a bank it yeah it, it in a nutshell that seemed to be like the road she was going down just bored spoiled what have you but she's incredibly intelligent and bad shit yeah and she's just bad shit crazy the master of manipulation but it's so fascinating because this filmmaker trey was so obsessed with this case because so many clues and everything started unfolding over the you know, over a decade and a half because this case was so complicated to find out exactly what the fuck happened and who was responsible for what. And so not only that, she had killed another boyfriend Um. or another guy. It was her boyfriend prior to this. And somehow it was in connection with the bank heist and they're trying to figure out how they connect. And it was really, really weird. So this guy, Trey, he's like, I've been obsessed with this case forever. And he's so obsessed that during the documentary, he begins to reach out to Marjorie. Is she in prison? Yeah. Okay. And he's having phone conversations with her. And at one Wait, point- Wait, she's in prison, but they still couldn't figure out how everything was done? They just there's knew still she a lot did more, it? Well, there were still a lot more people involved. And at one point, she wasn't in prison when they were sending letters. Wow. So that's like I'm trying not to give away any spoilers, okay. but there's a lot of constant contact, whether she was in prison, out of prison. But it's it's crazy to me that someone could be so passionate about their filmmaking that they're like, I'm getting involved with a crazy person. Right. And they would have. Like, mind you, she killed two other people. And he was like, we right. should definitely hang out and talk about mm-hmm. this. <laughs> we should link up. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, f- phone calls. Um, mail, everything, and even with the other people involved. And during the case, when it first started, he went to the one guy's house, mm. went up to his van window, and said it was really cryptic because he was just sitting there in his van. And he's like, hey, I'm a filmmaker. My name is Trey. And I want to tell your side of the story. And he just looked at him and he said, no. Down the rabbit hole he went. He went down this giant fucking uh-huh. rabbit hole. I'm like, dude, he's getting really personally involved with these people. He's getting killed. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. My mom, I'm like, holy crap. Oh, it was crazy. Such a good documentary. Um, and not to spoil anything, I probably already said too much, but um, he does wind up solving 
some clues of the case through his filmmaking. Because someone says, I want to say something on your documentary. I'm going to finally confess something. And they did. And it changed the course of the case. And this was like 10 years after what? Sentencing and everything? After the the pizza dude's death. Because at one point, they were trying to figure out, was the pizza guy actually in on it? Mm. It's it's crazy. And I it, like this true crime stuff. So Oh, I'll, dude, you will I'm love have to this. Watch this. And to listen to Marjorie talk, like, you know she's batshit crazy. But at the same time, you can see where she's extremely intelligent and where she gaslights a lot. She knows how to say the right thing. Master of manipulation. Master. Total. Like, if there ever was one, she's definitely it. Marjorie Dale Armstrong. See, the psychology of things like that really intrigue me. Mm -hmm. I've known a bunch of psychos in my life, and I'm always curious for whatever reason what makes them tick and why they are the way they are. So I'm definitely going to watch that now because it's the psychology of it. Well, the reason that the – and this is not a spoiler either. Look at the case. Um that she wanted to do the bank heist was because she was mad at PNC Bank because from her story, they let her father take away stuff that was in a lock state, say valuables of her mom that were supposed to be hers when she passed away, took them and wouldn't give them to her. So so she wrapped them. (laughs) Right, exactly. Makes perfect sense. Right. I mean, it's normal. It's just... Oh, my God, this whole thing, this whole thing was so fucked up. And, like, God, decade and a half of just trying to figure out exactly what the fuck happened. I mean, do you do you think it was because she just was that smart and that manipulative that it actually stayed that much of a mystery? Or yeah. was it because of, like, cops on police? I think it was, well, there were some things that like they'll reveal like, oh, we missed this or we missed that. So at one point they're like, we have to reopen this case and start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. The very beginning. Oh my God, Holly, you scared the shit out of me. Holly's here. Hi, Holly. Holly, we were actually just talking about a Netflix documentary, so you didn't miss much. But yeah, I was plugging the documentary for um, Evil Genius. It's a true crime documentary about the bank heist from the 90s. I saw that one. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah, I saw the whole thing. Oh, my God. It's so good. I watched it yeah, Sunday. Um, yeah, I watched that, and uh, it was really addicting, so I watched the whole thing. Like, um, I don't know how many episodes there were, but I watched them all in a row. <laughs> yeah, us too. Sat like they're like... I was telling Jess, I'm like... You know that it's fascinating to listen to Marjorie talk, even though you know she's off her rocker. But she is super intelligent. You can see where she's super intelligent. I think I was um, telling. Sorry, I thought I kicked you. (laughs) I think I was telling my boyfriend while I was watching it because he caught like the last half of it and saw, you know, and then I, of course, it's like, then you have to catch them up to speed. Like, okay, this is what's been going on. And describing her personality and how she's a sociopath. Um, I mean, she's what bipolar or something too. And, um, all these things wrong with her, but I was like, well, she's definitely someone that she thinks really quickly. She's very intelligent. Mm. She can make up stories right on the spot. She does not hesitate. So that makes you want to believe her. But then when she like retracts her story, she's like, well, 
Right. I mean, because <laughs> she, I'm not, I can't give away stuff right now, but um, definitely very characteristic of a sociopath, though. And you're right. She is quick and on the spot. That's something, too. It's just like to listen to her talk is super fascinating. And a whole lot of gaslighting, whereas you really think, do you really think as if like you're crazy? Right. Well, do you really think that? I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I really do think that. You know, I said it, it reminded me of someone that I know. Um, it reminds me of a lot of people I know. <laughs> uh, um, that I'm related to. And uh, so, <laughs> but it made me think of how they like pull on your emotions a lot. And then with the quick thinking and the wit, it makes you, you know, fall into that trap of believing them. And and like you said, that they make you feel bad and, and they make you feel like you're being crazy. Right. So, yeah, it was definitely interesting to watch her talk. You know. I've dated some people. She's like very that. like passionate yeah. when she speaks, but then she can retract it. And um, I think that you know, with people who are weak-minded, she would be able to convince them to do certain things. Oh yeah. Well, look what she you know made the whole group do. Not to give anything away, but you know, it's the it's the whole idea of getting everybody on the same page like that. That's like some Hitler shit. That's what's fascinating about Hillary. The most fascinating thing is you got all these people on the same page as you, as one man. Good God, that's I just can't power. believe that she's gotten away with so much because even before this, she had gotten away with, you know, like she supposed she had killed a boyfriend. But it was supposed to be self-defense and all this. Yeah. I think that was a lot of manipulation, too. But, yeah, I don't want to give away too much more, but yeah, it's the uh, evil genius. Evil genius, evil. definitely. It's there was a, um, addicting. There was another show that my sister got me into, which was Wild Wild Country. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. Because she's like, did you know that there was a cult in Oregon? And this cult had started their own community there, and they had changed one of the um, towns and took it over and they changed the name of the city. No. To their like cult name. Yeah, it's really interesting. What was the cult name? Uh their their whole thing was Raj Raj I can't talk. Rajneesh Parim was um and then the guy's name was um what was his name? The actual his he's supposed to be a guru, and then he kind of like formed into a religion thing, and then later he retracted, saying that he never really expected it to be a religion. What was his name? <laughs> I didn't intend for any of this to happen, but <laughs> go ahead and worship but it's, me. It's, it's, six, okay. it's six episodes long. Each one's like an hour, and it, at first it's a little slow and hard to get into, but then once you watch like an episode or two, you start getting into it, and then you're kind of glued, and you keep wanting to watch it, just like Evil Genius. Um, I'm gonna look that up. I was telling Jess what killed me about Evil Genius was that Trey, the filmmaker, was so willing to go down this rabbit hole and talk to these people. Like there was no, there was a point of no return. It's like you're already talking to all these people. Yeah. Um, Bagwan was the guru, and uh, he's from India. And he wanted to come here because he felt like he wanted to bring his whole community and find a place where it was really secluded and a good spot to start their um, community. 
And so they chose um, Oregon. And I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. But it was like a little town um, that was, you know, such small population there. But it was all people who were pretty much retired and that they were really set in their ways. And then it started this huge controversy. And I didn't realize how you know, controversial and all this stuff that was going on until, but this was back in the eighties. It was like a Stepford Wives community. Um, where it's like, it's like being in a movie and you're like, there's something going on in this town and everybody's just kind of watching you because you're the different one. Yeah. I mean, everybody who lived there was old and either retired or they're just elderly. And it was a really quiet town. And then these people moved in and they're free love. Like they they don't really believe in marriage. They believe in sleeping around, you know, and they're very peaceful people, you know, as far Almost as like pagans. Um, but when you come into a town where people don't believe in those things, they think that, you know, like Utah, that it's, it's strange. <laughs> like as an all Mormon. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but it's it's fascinating. It's interesting to watch. And and it made me believe, like, what is the borderline between cult and just cult and religion and also just wanting to believe in something that's different than, you know, what we are usually used to? Does that necessarily make it a cult? Right. Like, what makes something a cult? Yeah, because anybody could call any religion a cult. I would say, yeah. I mean, when we think of cult, a lot of times we're thinking of really extreme and people who almost like suicidal kind of stuff where the cults, where they give that juice. Oh, and yeah, like, like, you know, Heaven, like Heaven's Gate and yeah. uh, Jim Jones, uh, the People's Temple. Uh, because like just like Jim Jones, we think cult leader, we think one man getting all these people on the same page just like a Hitler kind of thing but it doesn't have to be a Hitler agenda it can just be like draw you in with you know light and love and everything and then you're drinking the punch and then you're dead or it doesn't even have to be like a dying sort of thing Scientology seems very culty to me you know oh yeah because it's a closed off thing it's like a members only thing yeah. the Catholic Church is kind of like like no offense to Catholics yeah, the church. Christian church is like that too. Well, well, you think about the, you can only take communion if you're Catholic. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, well, if you haven't been baptized Catholic, then I'm sorry, you can't part- partake in communion. So it's one of those, that's a members only thing. True. See, Christians will invite anybody in, but all the sinners let us make you non-sinners and, you know, wash yourself in the blood of Christ. But also don't listen to secular music and don't swear and don't drink and don't have premarital sex and don't, See, don't, 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 don't. Well, don't. that's certain denominations, too. Yeah. And it's not about being, I guess you I'm know, thinking like, of like uh, uh, you're thinking of Baptist. No. No? No. I mean, the, along those lines, though, but it's, uh, I guess, the non-denominational non-denomin- or I would say non-denominational is, is like. They're like a lot hey, more. Jesus, everybody's like singing in church and dancing and they're like like every... releasing the Holy Ghost. And... Are you thinking of Pentecostals? Yeah, probably. Oh, I was raised Pentecostal. Okay, I so... don't know what it was. But are you, I are you, you like... thinking of faith healers? Yeah, like people that are like, oh, 
lay your hands on me and I'll be healed or oh yeah you know, that's, that's the any any speaking tr- in tongues and any church that believes loosing in the power, demons and all that yeah that's that's Pentecostal yeah I joined a church like that when I was like sixteen it's very culty yeah that's um mm-hmm. that's believing in the power of the anointing yeah um but non denominational that's like the most lax you can get oh yeah they're I just called it that because I didn't know what to call it. No, you know? that's that's where you you don't have any claim to denomination. You are non-denominational. Oh, yeah. Valid point. Never mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's the power of the anointing. And it's like, well, you know, like Holly said, okay, so what is the criteria for a cult? What's, what's that versus religion? Should Be- I Google this? Because, Go ahead, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that a lot of people think of extremes when they're thinking of cults. They're like, well, my religion's not a cult. You know, but really, what is a cult? And... I feel like these people labeled this as a cult because they didn't understand it. I mean, people move in. They're very different. They all wear the same colors. Like, they were only allowed to wear certain colors. Hmm. So they stood out. And then they are very. They were very happy people and free love. And they would have sex, like, in random spots throughout the city. And, and people thought that was strange, too, because they would have sex oh, out in public. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like paganism to me. So, because um, it reminds me of the Wicker Man. I don't think I've ever seen that. There, okay, so there's an original, and then there's the remake with Nicolas Cage. But it was very much like that. You know, it was a community that this police officer fell into to go investigate, and they did a lot of that, like sex in public, nudity was fine, and what winds up happening is that. As soon as he finds out this is a pagan town, they burn him as a sacrifice inside of a giant wicker man, uh, a mm. giant man made of wicker. It's a good movie. Is it really, even though you just know the ending? But I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> if you look up like pictures and stuff, like that's the lasting image. But it's still worth a watch. But yeah, it, it sounds very much like paganism, which of course paganism gets a bad rap too. And the cult, it, like like you say, it, it sounds like it's associated with extremes, but who made cult a bad word? A derogatory okay. word. You know? I mean, a cult is something that's, I mean, you're all believing in the same thing and you're following something, right? So... That's what I would understand. Um. So in this... They feared because they were afraid that these people were going to take over. And I think it was the change. People fear change. And then um, they decided, and I don't want to give the whole, away the whole thing, but when people push and they're afraid of something, they try to stop it. And so from trying to get them to stop, then um, they took over that city as far as they were able to now be on um, – I think it's the city council. I can't remember now, but, and then they ended up changing the name of the city because they had so many people who voted for it. And because of the population was low with the people who actually lived there versus the people that moved in that were part of this cult. And then once they tried to, um, have further backlash and they were trying to stop these people who moved into their community. And now they're even more scared because they're like, Oh, they changed our, our city name that's been like that for a long time. These people are trying to take over and they're bad, you know? Right. And that's at that time they really hadn't done anything too bad. They just wanted to, you know, I mean, put their name on something and, and make sure that they weren't going to be kicked out of their community too. And so then they tried to take over the County 
because they're like, well, now we're going to try to take over even more because these people are now trying to. So they got more aggressive as the. Yeah. And then it just spirals kind of out of control from there. But you'll have to watch it. Sounds like the Iraq war. So at first it was peaceful and good. But then after a while, it just started spiraling out of control because people like the the conflict between the townspeople and the people, the Rajneeshis. Uh, and when Jeremy and I watched this, it was funny because we had a little bit different views on it at the end. And he like, so it was just interesting to like have different viewpoints and about if you're for the townspeople or if you're for the right, people what's, who moved what side it. Yeah. would you be on? You know, what this reminds me of in a weird way. Is you remember on South Park where the Persians were trying to buy Lesbos, the gay bar? <laughs> I think and so. And it was like the 300 style episode. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, but I think so. This is Lesbos! <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to watch that again. What were they trying to change it to? I can't remember. I can't re- they were trying to change it to like a Persian, like a club. Oh, oh, I do think I remember that now. <laughs> this is Lesbos. <laughs> Yeah, that was an awesome episode because the guy, the Persian guy, the head one, was posing as a man. <laughs> but it's like, you're really a woman. And then and then uh, Mrs. Garrison, because he had the sex change, uh, wind up scissoring at the end. <laughs> you episode. just keep giving away all the endings. Sorry. But, uh, it's still I do, worth I do watch. all the spoilers. I do like um, on South Park, anytime Mr. Garrison is... Uh, on because I feel like it's the best episodes. Oh yeah, he's like one of the best. Him and Randy Marsh make that show yeah. for me. Randy Marsh is my spirit animal. <laughs> Seriously, uh, yeah. My tagline of the night is gonna be like, "But it's still worth a watch. <laughs> still worth a watch." Yeah. Even though I just gave her a little fucking ending. So I remember you like <laughs> thinking back. This has nothing to do with that, but. Uh, just like ending of things, you used to be like in high school. You would say, "Hey, this uh, this movie came out. Are you gonna go see it?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't." You're like, "Cause I was gonna tell you what happens, but <laughs> <laughs> I still do that." What do you mean back then? Yeah, um, are you, are you, you were like, uh, "What was the one with spot um, sunshine of the of the spotless mind?" Yeah, and you were like, "Eternal sunshine." Are you, wa- yeah. are you really gonna watch it though? <laughs> I'll tell you the ending if you're not going to watch it. You know what's funny? I can't even tell you what happens in that movie. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I think I watched it once. (laughs) And now I'm just like, I remember certain parts of it. I don't remember what happens at the end. You uh, you were like, oh, this movie's so good. You have to go see it. But are you going to see it? Go see it. Because I'd tell you then. I I think I was so excited to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, So. Um, So did you... uh, so there are a few things, which uh, every single website I've gone to and like gone through makes me think even more that Scientology actually is a cult because of the fact that they like publicly like denounce Katie Holmes and all that when she stepped away from the church and didn't want her daughter involved. Well, okay, church, we'll use that in quotations. Didn't want her daughter involved in it and... Now, like, uh, what Tom Cruise doesn't really even see his daughter because she isn't part of his religion. And so you're, so they have to deny. Okay, so, so how do ver- I identify a cult? Right, your version of a cult is being a members only kind of thing, like closed off. Well, I mean, that's what everything that I'm looking up on Google says. I've looked at like seven different ones, and I'm just trying to find like. I wonder if there's no solid definition of a cult. 
Uh, okay, there actually is on the dictionary.com. Uh, anyway, a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. But that literally could just like be religion. religion. Right. So, you know, there's that. Because I thought this was kind of eh. So that's why I went to looking up a cult. Um, a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. So okay. if it's sinister, it's cult. Right. But then sinister is such an objective thing. It's like, well, what is sinister? Uh, it says synonyms. <laughs> Sect. <laughs> Is the first word, so <laughs> I mean, denomination, group, movement, church, persuasion, body, faction, a network of Satan worshiping cults, uh, misplaced or excessive admiration for a pati- particular person or thing. All right, I mean, again, that's just religion, this is so very vague. it's extremely vague, which is why I started looking up cult, a person or thing that is popular or fashionable, especially among a particular. Section of society. All right. I mean, that's like all of Europe and basically America. So many people watch the royal wedding and were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was not one of them. Because there's, there's a cult. Yeah. And that's supernatural, mystical, or magical beliefs. So the black magic, witchcraft, sorcery, necromancy, wizardry, voodoo, hoodoo, white voodoo magic, voodoo, voodoo, to voodoo. <laughs> Not Jesus. <laughs> right. If it's not Jesus, it's a cult. Um, but okay, so we could say occult, supernatural. Well, Christianity is supernatural. If we're talking about the power of the anointing, if we're talking about Lazarus being risen from the dead, is that not supernatural? But then we associate occult with occultist, meaning like. So are you talking thing. about like occult as an A and then cult or OCC? OCC. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. So, again, there's so many weird. Mm. But there is a website, ChristianCourier.com. It's basically the same as all the other ones that weren't Christian-based. How do I identify a cult? And just like the highlights of it, unquestioning commitment to a domineering leader. Cult members are focused on a living leader to whom members seem to display excessively zealous, unquestioning commitment. Dissent and discussion discouraged. So blind faith. So questions. Yeah, absolutely. And a person, an actual alive, right in front of you, preaching person. Cult members lavishly they're in luxury, like but, buying them shit. But then, but then what is faith if it's not blind? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, so yeah, but this is uh, like, you know, here's bullet points if you're in a cult. Right. Here's how you know how you're in a call. Polarization of members. Hand me a pencil. I need to check these off. I need to see if I'm on call or not. <laughs> oh, I answered it wrong. Shit. Five out of seven. Can you hand me oh a my God. <laughs> it's like a cosmopolitan like survey. Yeah. Ah shit. I'm in an occult. See, okay, but this one's tough. <laughs> Polarization of members. Says people evolve as an us versus them outlook. And Christians aren't supposed to be like that. But they are, you know, because they're so judgy and they're like, here, go to well, hell. Let's not get hasty here. Okay, not all Christians, but they're uh, overzealous Christians that do. And there seems to be an so overwhelming amount of them. You're talking about extremists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was okay. going to say, I know a lot of Christians that are very cool, that, you know, are very welcome and give a lot to their community. Um, I'm a Christian. I just don't go to church. I believe in Christ. Let's get real. Everyone's judgmental. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> it's true. And if you're not, then good Lord, you are one in five billion. Yeah. Judging people is like one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> I will judge. You know what? We talked about this the other day, Holly, <coughs> that I want a contracting job. I want to start a new profession called parent shamer. I will be hired by schools, contracted, so I'm not technically affiliated. I'm paid privately to come and be a non-biased opinion, show up and shame the shit out of any shitty parent so they don't have to do it. So be like, oh, you're being judgmental. No, I'm calling you out because you're a shit parent and here's why. And I just jump and go, shame because of X, Y, Z. That sounds like a really fun job, actually. Doesn't it? It does. I will. I will. I would love to. Like, it's almost like I would love to pay you to have <laughs> me do it. Like, I would get off on it that much. Like, no, this is why your kid is not going to the nationals because they showed up for one practice and you never wanted to drop them off. Not everybody gets a participation award. But also, please stop spanking your kids in public just because they wanted a, you know, cheese. Because they what? A what? <laughs> a Are we talking about a personal moment? Yeah. Like in a 7-Eleven when they like want string cheese. And they're like, now. And they're like, please. My dad, we used to grab me by the arm and he'd go, don't make, that me, ass. don't make me spank you in front of all these people. Oh, whoop that ass. <laughs> I know my mom didn't spank me and I turned out to be a total fuck up. So you should oh probably actually God. spank your kids. <laughs> You're like. Take that back. Spank over that string cheese. <laughs> Spank I mean, with over the string cheese. cheese over like, you know, real actual like, you know. Really like string up. cheese probably said I'm over that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that was the last straw of cheese. <laughs> that was the last string that was the of cheese. Seven hundred thing you asked for today. That's the last <laughs> string <laughs> <Yeah>. of cheese. <laughs> oh shoot. Yeah, start it's, spanging them with the string cheese. It's one of those <laughs> things, man. Such a waste of cheese. And then I'm hearing like I'm, I'm getting off on a whole different tangent, but it really pissed me off the other day when I'm listening to the radio. Long story short, this teacher calls in and says, "Now she works in an inner city." Says that parents are sending the kids to school fucking filthy, stinky, non-bathe. So she's wow. buying wipes for the classroom. And she's sending notes home with these parents, and the parents she's getting a lot of pushback, saying you're being judgmental. Uh, and then you got parents calling in saying, "Well, you know, when you're in a inner city, you don't have a lot." Da 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 da. Finally, some lady called in. She goes, "I grew up in an inner city, and no, we didn't have much. But I'll tell you this: my mom would be damned if I went to school stinky. We had soap and water, and we had more pride than that. And also, a teacher." On what their salary, they're trying to support their kids. They can't take care of 30. Mm-mm. So they're bringing in wipes, soap, toothbrushes, coats, mittens. It's like out of their dime, not the schools. There isn't one teacher that works in a school that I don't, that doesn't, well, that I know that doesn't actually try and have like fundraisers to get, you know, or I'll just come pick it up anything like coats and, um, I don't know, pencils and pens and yeah. notebooks and all this stif- stuff that these kids don't have. Right. It's horrible. It really is. But I mean, shit, soap and water? Come on. Right. You can get a bar of Irish Spring for like 75 cents. Yeah, that's neglect. That is neglect. 
And it's it's terrible. But anyway, I'm getting off. And that's where your new job comes in. Exactly. That's where the parent shamers come in. (laughs) Showing your ass. Shame. I can smell you from over there. (laughs) Wash your butt. (laughs) Wash your butt. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Cult shamers. Cult shamers. (laughs) We're in a cult and we This religion is getting too extreme. Mm, Shame. Oh, I thought we were in a cult and we were shaming people. (laughs) Oh, we're a shame cult. Yeah, that's right. We're the cool cult. We're like the cult that sings that song. (laughs) She's so sanctuary because I like that song. <laughs> There's a song <laughs> called She's So Sanctuary. She sells sanctuary. You know, uh, you've probably heard it. I mean, maybe. You've probably, as soon as you listen to the song, it's a popular 80s song, but it's by The Cult. Oh, okay. Popular English band. <laughs> anyway. So I'm waiting for James Fernandez. Okay. The difference between. All right. So I asked James Fernandez, our frequent caller, because uh, he's listening. I said, what is the difference? And this is, of course, mostly an opinion uh, between a cult and a religion. The difference honestly comes down to perception. Cult is the word society grew to attach to evil groups of faith, religion, uh, religion are the good word. So, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it really does come down to perception. Well, cult, cult bad, religion good. I don't know because, I mean, yeah, I think that it's just like, like I said, people don't like what they're not used to. So anything that's out of what they are used to, then they view as bad. So, right. Um, I mean, we could re, re- I can't talk today. We could um say, you know, Christianity or any or any other religion, like we said, is a, a cult, but we don't because that's more accepting in society. Um, because you know it's a large practiced uh, religion. Um, if it was more so like a live person preaching in front of you, as far as the person who's the leader is that the person that you're looking up to or i mean from what you read jess i don't know then i i guess i that would make it different because christianity i mean you're talking about god and jesus but you can't see them you're they're talking you know someone is talking for them pretty much through i mean i mean that's what I mean, that's what a minister does. They just, you know. But I, they're the ones. At first, I, I didn't know God. she was saying that it had to be the person that was no, being no, 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 worshipped. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Like, oh, they're I saying, see, I see, I see. yeah, they're saying that they're worshipping the actual person as right. opposed to worshipping God and seeing that he's a vessel of God delivering a message. Right. Which is a big difference there. Oh, yeah. It's a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you guys believe in. Like modern day prophets, yeah. Okay, Absolutely. I do too. I was just curious. I think, um, we're talking about. I'm trying to remember his name now, but the guy who I said that my coworker goes to his church, and he was the one who said about the predicted the. Was it the meteor? Oh yeah! Oh right! Before it happened, and they had a video of him. That was crazy. That's kind of like a prophet, right? Yeah. yeah. 
That's exactly like it. You will see visions. I mean, people, okay, people of faith call it prophecy. People that are not of faith call it psychic. So, I mean, tomato, tomato, when you think about it, really. Yeah. It's, um, I think that the only time that the Bible ever talks about false prophets is when it comes to the end of the world. Right. Yeah. And revelations. Right. They warn of people like always crying wolf about that. Right. There's there's been um, a lot of psychics who have said that uh, supposedly they predicted, you know, 9-11, things like that. They saw images before um, of that building being destroyed. Oh, yeah. Did they speak out about it, like, before it actually happened? Um, I can't think of people in particular that it was, but I just remember oh. hearing about... Probably, because who would listen? Right. You know what I mean? Who would take that seriously? I'm sure people who heard them later on were like, oh, my God, they were right. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you look back to the Bible, like, wasn't, like, King Nebuchadnezzar had his dreams interpreted. And then I hear people go, oh, dream interpretation is evil. It's of the devil. And it's like, no. God sends you messages through a God, universe, whatever. I'm just using God as a noun. Um, that big ass ball of energy that basically controls everything and made us all happen. Okay. doesn't right. matter what you want to call it. There are messages through dreams and people that, yes, there has been dream interpretation in the Bible. So don't, don't get too hasty and say that it's witchcraft because it's not. I don't think it, that's not. It was, it was Saul. Saul in, interpreted dreams for King Nebuchadnezzar. I think it was Nebuchadnezzar. Let me, I'm, I'm, you know, there's probably a Christian listening right now. It's like, oh, you're totally wrong. Which, which could be true. Mm. I mean, if not in that Bible verse, it was probably in a different Bible verse somewhere, you know. I don't think the dream interpretation was something evil. No, I think that there's messages. I keep dreaming about floods. I was, I'm asking because I, uh, okay, so I went to church for like a while and I, I haven't gone to church and I don't know. A really long time. <laughs> so, because I find a lot of the people that seem to unfortunately frequent churches to be hypocrites and I don't really like them and I don't feel like I have to worship God in a place of God worship. I can, you know, pray. Right. You, so, well, you don't have to appease people. No. And I give zero fucks about appeasing people. Right. But there's one person that I have met in my entire life that he is just, and whatever, he he has a gift that God gave to him. I know God speaks through him and whatever. He's been my friend since I was like 16. <laughs> so I asked him for like a word and I haven't talked to him in <clears throat> like two years. And this was like a few weeks, a few weeks ago where I was like having a day where I'm like, you know what? I just need some sort of clarity and all the jumbled shit in my head is like blocking me from that. So I just messaged him and I said, hey, I could really use a word um, if you can pray about it and, you know, God speaks to you at all. Just let me know. And he was like, OK. And the word that he gave me was so dead on. And there's there's just no humanly possible way. There's nothing I posted on Facebook, nothing that could have led him to like how descriptive he was and what he said. 
And I was just like, you know what? There's no way I'd never ask. I, I would never, ever ask for a word from a different person because I wouldn't trust what they said. Right. He was being so, genuine. Yeah. So it, you know, and I absolutely adore him. I've known him forever and he is very involved in the church, but he's also, you know, a good non-judgy person, little judgy. But anyway, I just, I just thought it was interesting. And I think we had talked about that stuff on here before. Yeah. Where it was like, do you think that, you know, people can predict, not just predict the future, but also be in touch so much that they can come across with something that's actually accurate and real. Through the spirit and not, world, yeah. Right, and not through any of their own knowledge. Right. So the answer to that is definitely yes on a personal level. So, yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. That's awesome. But I also don't think there's a huge difference between like what people view as psychics and what prophecy is except for, you know, God and then people just preying on energy, which may possibly be the same thing. It's weird because I think that, that comes down to perception too. There's no defining lines here. No. There's no one answer, which is maddening. I hate when things go unanswered. Sorry, I think I started like a rabbit hole conversation, but I just wanted to like no, throw right. something no, out know. there that was interesting to me. It was like, oh, no, things like that actually do happen and they are legit. So, oh, yeah. You know, don't doubt everything, kids. Right. Right. So. Um. <laughs> um sorry. sorry. About that. So, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, sorry. sorry. I got us way off track. Uh, so there's something I wanted to talk to you about was that DNA now it's weird because I read two articles at the same time. Well, one after the other. Uh, I read Tampa Bay uh, dot com and then whoops, shit. Um, and then I read um, San Diego Union Tribute. And one said that Ancestry dot com now wants I mean, they want like to test your your blood, but they also want to test your spit for DNA, which is really weird that they're asking for that now. And then the next article I read is that you could be paid for your DNA. What? Why? So I'm wondering. Ans- <laughs> that freaks me out. It doesn't it though? Doesn't it sound like cloning? Just donate it. That sounds like someone's going to do some crime. I'm like, um, it does. And it sounds yeah, and pin you for it yeah. or. Steal your identity, you know, whatever. And it's weird. So I'm linking the two up together and I'm like, is Ancestry.com selling DNA? On the black market? Right, exactly. That makes sense. Exactly. So I'm going to read these two. It doesn't, but it does. Right. I'm going to read these two articles. So once it loads the hell up. While it's loading, I just want to say that... um, Lately, I've been into all these crime shows and all this, and like <laughs> the, the the like real life, you know, what what really happened? It cases that were never really fully solved. I mean, they came to a verdict, but really, was that? But they didn't know the whole truth, and they just kind of had to guess. Right? They just kind of went with it. Yeah, and and those those uh, stories always kind of drive me crazy. But I'm also like intrigued. And so when you're talking about DNA and stuff, this made me think that. I'm like, mm. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, Tampa, okay, so they're asking for three different types of DNA. So in Utah, um, 
It markets its DNA kits with promises that tug at the heartstrings. Um, discover ancestries, strengthen family ties, understand your life. Aided by venture capital and a flood of savvy marketing, Ancestry LLC has grown to be the world's largest DNA testing conglomerate. Since 2012, it has lured excuse me, more than 5 million people to spit into tubes and add their genetic code to the world's largest private database of DNA. It has also banked away the world's largest collection of human spittle, numbering in the hundreds of gallons. Gross. In the age of Facebook and Google, consumers seem comfortable surrendering their personal information to corporations that aggregate and monetize it. But Ancestry and other DNA testing companies have added an audacious tweak. Consumers are now paying to hand over their genetic code, their most sensitive individual identifier, to companies that could monetize it far into the future. Ancestry officials say that they have state-of-the-art systems to prevent hacking and security breaches. They all say that. So far, the company has sidestepped privacy scandals that tripped up companies like Facebook, which allowed a political data firm, uh, Cambridge Analytical, to access data from 50 million customers or government agencies like U.S. Office of Personnel Management, which a few years ago exposed more than a million personnel records and security clearance data to hackers. But a three-month review by McClatchy, including visits... Uh, to Ancestry's headquarters and a main testing lab reveals a pattern of breach promises to customers, security concerns, and inflated marketing pledges that could give consumers some pause. Unidentified hackers last year accessed an Ancestry website, RootsWeb, compromising the sign-ins of 55,000 Ancestry customers who had the same login credentials with RootsWeb. The site has has since been shut down. The incident revealed uh, received little attention but revealed how customers' personal information could be accessed and exploited through Ancestry's partnerships and acquisitions. Ancestry DNA, a subsidiary of Ancestry that markets genetic testing, pledges to safeguard people's private data. But the company has a history of changing the terms of agreements with its customers. It is the most high-profile example, Ancestry in 2014, shut down MyFamily.com, a social networking site where more than 1.5 million users had posted family memories, photos, and conversations. Numerous customers said they lost treasured family history because of the inadequate uh, notification from the company, which decided not to back up the data. Ancestry claims to beat its competitors in accurate analysis of a person's ethnicity. But interviews with the company officials reveal that the ancestry has wide gaps in its ethnic markers for Asia and other sections of the world. Outside geneticists and anthropologists say that ancestry and other companies are making misleading claims about the accuracy of their ethnic analyses. Most ancestry customers consent to have their DNA results in de-identified form uh, shared with the company's research partners and in the pursuit of sciences, including finding cures to diseases. But Ancestry's main research partner is a secretive Google subsidiary called Calico Life Sciences, which is focused on ways to extend human longevity through biotechnology. Mm-hmm. Hello, Black Mirror. Right. Critics have labeled a uh, Calico, a vanity project of several Silicon Valley billionaires who want to extend their own lifespans. This is getting crazy, right? It's not I even over. That. 
Peter Pitts, a former associate commissioner for the Food and Drug Administration, said it was inevitable that private companies would one day commercialize DNA analysis. But the speed and the scope of the industry's rise is worrisome, he said, in part because few consumers read the fine print of the company's terms and conditions. People need to be aware that there are risks and benefits, said Pitts, who now runs a Center for Disease in the Public Interest, a New York-based nonprofit. Right now, they see the benefit as being able to have a cocktail party conversation about the genetic makeup. They aren't thinking about the risk of giving up the personal information and the long-term implications. Many consumers, he said, have a limited understanding of how DNA is such a unique personal identifier, even more than a fingerprint or social security number. The DNA determines the color of a person's hair, eyes, skin color, inherited diseases, information that employers or insurers might want to obtain. And when someone takes a DNA test for the results, not only provide information about that individual, but close relatives as well. You are not just taking the test for you. You are taking it for the whole entire family. So it goes on and on and on and on and on. So again, with reading that and then reading that DNA is being sold like a black market kind of thing. From the beginning, I thought ancestry. I totally believe that because people are trying to figure out ways to fix diseases in their own bloodline right. and get them out. And the only way to do that is to experiment with DNA. Right. To try and actually change your DNA because isn't there, isn't there something that they're playing with DNA to try and reverse diseases. Like oh, that's yeah. not a secret. Genetic, Everybody knows genetic that. modification has been going on for decades. Absolutely. But it, it's one of those things where I always thought ancestry.com was full of shit anyway. Cause yeah. there's some people who are like, um, but I know that I'm part of this and that, and they're like, Oh, well, no, you're really not. No. And it's weird that it took off so fast and now they're asking for more DNA. And it's one of those, it's so commercialized. And like they said, people don't, think it's a big deal to give away their genetic makeup. They're like, oh, whatever. It's like, no, that's everything that you are. Well, also, you're saying that you have to provide a blood sample and a spit sample? Like, yeah. You don't need both of those. You just need a spit sample. You don't even need a blood sample. I know this because of it's none of your business and, you know, whatever. So it's just all they need is your saliva. That's it. How are you going to get to be able to Well, to be able to identify your DNA, the only reason why they also need a blood sample is to sit there and test your blood and play with it and see what they can actually do with it. Right. Because you would have to send a vial for a spit swab. It's just a swab of your saliva. You can only do so much with so much. With a vial of blood, you can do a lot. With any sort of genetic code, I can make up a new whole new holly. Just with her spit. Holly, but how, how much? You? God, that'd be creepy. <laughs> how much blood would you need? Not much. Are they just doing it like a Maybe diabetes a thing where you put it on a strip and you're just poking an area? Or Because how are people going to get their blood? That's all you need. I mean, all you need is a drop, right? right. To go ahead and experiment with something. Because yeah. well, exactly, like how do you test your blood sugar? This, it's just a drop to tell you what it is. So how much can you do with an entire vial of blood? You well, that's what I'm saying, like... With a, a whole vial, I mean, people are going to have to do blood draws on themselves or someone else do the yeah, blood draws. How are you going to do that? 
No, mm. they're not getting whole viral. Yeah, I guess not. I don't know what you have to send it, but I'm sure. Or you go to your doctor and you're like, I gotta take this <laughs> genetic test. Even the spit is is alarming in and of itself. Any anything where like like you're giving away anything that could identify your entire genetic makeup. And like the set, it's not just you. This goes back to your entire family. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, that's what you do to look up your ancestry. Sure. But read the fine print. Can they resell this? And people are like, well, why would they want to do that? Well, the average person would be like, well, I don't give a shit what you do with it. It's just spit. <laughs> people, crazy people like us, not so crazy. Mm, turns out. I now reading articles that are like, hey, they're selling DNA on the black market. Why? For billionaires to extend their lifespans. Or reverse, Shock. you know, genetic diseases. Shock and awe, people. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so delayed. So delayed. <laughs> I need more sound effects in here. Dave? <laughs> We need your fart in a jar. Ew. I'm harvesting farts. <laughs> I can, you know what? Fart I can farm. tell a lot about a person what they ate. You can actually. <laughs> oh, beans and asparagus. Well, think of like, I know. So you had a lot of fiber. When, you, when your boyfriend <laughs> farts, you know it. You know it when your boyfriend farted. Chris actually doesn't have stinky farts. He's not my boyfriend, but he's a dude that I live with. So there's that. And he doesn't really have stinky farts, which is amazing because he sweats like a fucking pig while he's sleeping. But his farts don't smell. Does his sweat smell? Yeah. I mean, he's a well, dude, you, of you course. You know who in the room has the most anxiety because you can sniff him out. farts don't smell either. <laughs> they make noises, but they don't smell. It's like, yeah, you guys have don't smell. Perfect. <laughs> How does that happen? $10 Mattel factory boyfriend. They, I mean, no. they're okay. loud, but we're they not like talking about smell. their personalities. We're talking about their farts, okay? <laughs> you guys <laughs> get carried away. are dating reptilian <laughs> shapeshifters. They're not I human mean, beings. That could actually be. <laughs> I even know when our editor at Source Point has farted. It smells like stale potato <laughs> chips. <laughs> he will waft it at you. <laughs> I know when Jason farted, because it smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> it smells like Zug Island. So he must have a high protein diet. You know what? I should become a detective. <laughs> 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 Maybe I'm the only one that can smell male farts. You know, <laughs> in this whole world, there is only Casey. She's on the case. I got male fart detective cursed with the shittiest talent ever. No pun intended. You know, in a crime scene, you're like, they were here five minutes ago. They just bolted out this window over here. Casey Pierce, (laughs) private eye. They shit themselves because they were so scared. (laughs) Yes, he was here. And I also smell the fart of another woman. (laughs) He was at KFC. $500. He went to KFC an hour ago. <laughs> Picked up the number five. <laughs> and some of those pulled chicken sliders. Off to KFC for the rest of the cruise. <laughs> KFC has pulled chicken sliders? Yeah. Are they good? I think they have them, don't they? Well, no, All their sliders are good. KFC it's a, a KFC slider. It's got to be good. And I always get the same thing, so it's always like. What do you get? I get the uh, breast in the 
I think it's the breast and the wing or the thigh or the drumstick and the two piece the, like the meal with um the two sides and a bun. And some honey. Sorry, I'm hot. <laughs> <Honey bread>. um, <laughs> I was like, ooh, pulled pork sliders. But uh, I was disappointed because they got what did they get rid of? What was what was the thing that they got rid of? They get rid of the Oh, the twister? The twister sandwich? No, I'm talking about a side they got rid oh, of. I, I got mad. <laughs> I love that. They got rid of one of the sides that I loved. Um, and I'm trying Baked to remember beans? What side it was. No, it was like, I don't know. If, did they get rid of their... Oh, it was... The, I think there was their macaroni salad. Oh, yeah, the macaroni salad. They got yeah, rid of the gone. macaroni salad. That was pretty good, too. Because I'd always get the macaroni salad and the mashed potatoes. I and remember gravy, that. And now I just get... Because I, I need a hot and a cold. It sounds really weird, but I got this thing going on. No, I understand. <laughs> I totally get it's that. I, to- I mix the two together. Well, like- I, I like the coleslaw. Their coleslaw yeah, no, well, then I had to replace it with coleslaw. Their coleslaw is the only place that actually has good coleslaw. <laughs> it's the only place you're right because it's not it's not soupy anyone else's i won't either it's not soupy it's only fucking coleslaw (laughs) me too i'm like that with breakfast too like i have to have coffee and an orange juice like a hot and a cold right when i'm hungover i need like coffee orange juice a coke and a chocolate milk (laughs) i have like four beverages and then i have like two meals i have like one egg over easy one scramble with cheese it is super fucking specific but it is the bomb and i get cheese sticks being a hungover and drinking milk products with coke and all that i mean but it it really does see your farts are gonna smell (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't even. Normally, no. They smell like fucking fairy dust. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even think that is. So back to DNA. <laughs> it is a freaky thing. Um, and like I again, it's just like with the Amazon Alexas. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, nope. As soon as Ancestry.com came Not along, I'm today. like, oh, I got to give up what to tell me I'm related. To who, which is going to be total fucking bullshit because there's no way you could know that. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. So be like, send in your fingerprints. Right. <laughs> With your social security number. Scrape off some of your skin cells. And you know what's scary <laughs> is that my dad did that. And he's like. Ancestry? Yeah. He's like, I think they're full of shit because, you know, someone uh, very close in our family was. God, who was it? They were Apache. Like, and you could tell, like, you couldn't see pictures and like clearly Native American. Yeah. There was like none None of my dad. And it was just a weird thing. And, like, several other people in the family who he knows have, you know, come over. He's like, this is kind of bullshit. I go, I always thought this thing was a scam from the beginning. Is that because it is a scam or because they don't have enough of the DNA in the system to connect you with all the people in the world? Farts and fingernails. That's what we're going to be asking for next. Farts and fingernails. They can't accurately like give you your DNA if they don't have all the. the well, how do they have everybody else's DNA? They don't. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like that Key and Peel episode that made from an ancestry.com when it first came out. Because as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's funny. But at the same time, they're spot on because that's what I believe is happening. They interviewed, it's a fake commercial for it. People of all different races, black, Asian, white. Indian didn't matter, and they had a whole montage of them saying, and "Guess who I was related to? Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Fucking Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Everyone was related to Benjamin Franklin." And like, get out of here! You're related to Benjamin Franklin too. It's like they were just spouting off like famous people. Like, no way. <laughs> and when well, you know, it's just total complete bullshit. Right. 
I'm related to Abraham Lincoln. What are the odds? Give me a break. It's just like that one chick that used to tell me, she's like, I believe in reincarnation, which is fine. If you believe in reincarnation, great. She's like, I was Cleopatra. No, you weren't. Mm. Bitch, if you were reincarnated, (laughs) you were a slave to somebody. Yeah, you're just cocky. Right. I was Cleopatra. Get over yourself. Oh, really? I was the Queen of Sheba. Remember that girl that was on the (laughs) um, news and she claimed that she was reincarnated and she was uh, Marilyn Monroe in the past life? Oh, yeah. I remember that. That happened? She, I don't watch the news. She claimed that she was her oh, in a past life. That's and then the actual reincarnated Marilyn Rose at home going, liar! <laughs> I'm like, how do you prove that? <laughs> right. I'm going to stand over a sewer. She's like, let me. A wind let tunnel. Me, let me, uh, like 500 like, other girls in the last Cue the song. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh my God, it's her. Can't you hear her? Hit the lights. <laughs> and that. Uh, I need somebody to do a Kennedy impression. So if you'd like Marilyn Monroe, sing a song for me. <laughs> they should have been like, okay, so tell us who killed you. <laughs> right, exactly. Can you, if you remember that you're reincarnated, then tell us who killed it you. It was President Kennedy's people. I don't remember. No, it wasn't, you lying that. whore. You're a liar. Remember, I only remember the good parts of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a girl never kisses and tells. Oops. <laughs> That's a bad part I don't want to talk about. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Right. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Wait, oh. President Kennedy, who shot you? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. My mind was blown. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the more, like, I mean, I know we keep going off different topics, but I mean, believe more of the kids who, <laughs> they're young and they're impressionable, but they say some random things that you're like what the heck where they just talk about um give me here kids talking about past lives like oh like giving details about how they used to do this or that and they're like before when they yeah no but it's tough to discredit a kid because they're they're pure so unless somebody fed something to them which a past life isn't going to be one of those things so it's I like mean, it's creepy but it's like well, the only one that I really believe was that World War II pilot. You see that shit, that five-year-old? We no. we talked about it on the podcast before. That, oh. what, regarding, like, Amelia Earhart? No, no, no. He claimed to be, he was, God, he had to be six years old. He was drawing planes, World War II planes. And his parents were like, we never even showed him anything about World War II, ever. Wow. And he kept saying that this was his plane. And it was a very specific number that he kept putting. And um, he said that what his name was. And they identified the pilot of that plane that had the same name. And so he met with the guy's sister, who was still alive, an old lady. And she said, you know, um, hi, I'm, you know, whatever her name was. But she, And he said, no, we call I'm you. Sal. We call you by your middle name, Annie. Fuck. And that's how she knew this was my brother reincarnated because he would call me Annie. Wouldn't it be so crazy to be like, meet a little kid and then your sibling had passed away and they tell you that and you're like. Well, what's even weirder is the end of the video where they go to where he was, you know, where his plane went down in Japan. They took him all the way to Japan. You know, to throw flowers in the water. And he talked about, he's like, up there, this is where I fell, this is where I shot down, and this is where I landed. 
Jesus. And then he threw the flowers in the water, and this kid breaks down, and it made me cry. I mean, this six-year-old just became unraveled and inconsolable. I'm like, this is real. This is insane. I'll send you guys the video. I'll put it up on the watch list if I can find it. It Might take me a day. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. So, okay, when things like that happen, doesn't it make you wonder if hell is actually like Earth? (laughs) Like Um, where we are right now, maybe we just, if we're here, like we just keep, you know, maybe there's new people born here that graduate like to heaven or whatever. But maybe, you know. If I have a past life, like my old roommate told me I did, and I was apparently a fucking serial killer, then maybe I just keep <laughs> coming back and fucking it up, and that's why I keep ending back here. Like you're saying that people are sent here to um, work Fix out any issues shit. that they have, and, and then to, so maybe that they one are day in make a state it. that that they can be accepted to go on to a, a higher level. Yeah, maybe this is like the. Purgatory? Yeah, exactly. Keep learning lessons. So not how, but like purgatory. So you're not wandering around in some gray, weird isolation, not seeing anybody else, but you're just doing shit over until you either get it right or maybe you get cut off and then they're like, eh, fuck it, go down there. But who's to say that, because we talked about this before, where we talked about that um, physicist who could prove life after death. And he said, you just turn into a different form of energy and you keep uh, living life in a loop and doing the things that you had done before. And so that could explain ghosts. So who's to say that people can't see us right now who are living in their own reality. And they're like, wow, they're seeing us as ghosts right now. And they can hear us. They can hear us through EVP through the doors of other dimensions. About, I would say talking about different dimensions, right? Different planes of uh, consciousness. And another thing, if we're going to go back to the whole Mandela thing, like if none of this is real, then does that make this? Are we dead? You ever feel like out of uh, like? Nah, well, I don't want to say out of body experience, but you you ever feel like you sit there and you're like, is this real? Yeah, <laughs> is life real all the time? Holly, that is my existence. Like I'll Every constantly, like, well, life. not constantly, but a lot of times I'll sit there and be like, "Is this even real life?" <laughs> oh, does it count if I have a conversation with a person? And I'm like, "Is this really happening?" No. Okay. I think about that all the time. <laughs> so the reincarnation boy, the airplane boy, James Fernandez, just yeah. Because how do you even explain that? You know what I'm saying? You you. F- I can't. Be- Sorry. I'm just yeah, no, I don't think that. we've talked about that one in the past. Really? I don't remember this that. This is the airplane kid, right? That yeah, uh, World War II, I mean, planes, I, drum, never saw. Yeah, it was on ABC primetime. Estella's so. a sister. It's not really her yeah. name. I just. I, I might be wrong about the name, by the way, so I don't. No, I just. I came up with the name. <laughs> oh, no, I meant the Annie thing. Oh, okay. Well, um, pause. One of the biggest questions of life. What happens when it's over? Heaven? Hell? Nothing? Or might there be a fourth possibility? Reincarnation. Could we come back as someone else? Here's Chris Cuomo with two down-to-earth parents who thought they understood the mysteries of life. That is, until their toddler began to talk. On March 3rd, 1945, a 21-year-old Navy fighter pilot on a mission over the Pacific was shot down by Japanese artillery. His name might well have been forgotten were it not for the remarkable, some might say unbelievable story of a little boy named James. Okay, this 
All right, I'm the volunteer. What do you okay. want me to do? Okay, I'll just go climb this thing and you have to hold me in case I fall. Done. James Leiniger is all boy, six years old, and full of spirit. This is a special plane. It goes in reverse. You don't see a lot of that. James knows a lot about planes, especially war planes. What kind of airplane is that? It's a car, sir. His parents, Andrea and Bruce Leiniger, say from an early age, James would play with nothing else. I'm not going to play the whole thing. With most of it. If you look around the house, that's all you'll see. Airplanes, helicopters, aircraft carriers. But then, when he was two, the planes James loved suddenly began to give him frequent and frightening nightmares. I'd wake him up and he'd be screaming and he'd always be laying on his back, kicking his feet up at the ceiling. And I'd say, baby, what were you dreaming about? And he'd say, airplane crash on fire, little man can't get out. They sound like typical kitty nightmares, but Andrea says they went on the same way for months. Maybe too much TV, but James was just two and his parents say only watching Barney and Teletubbies. Teletubbies! And Andrea and Bruce say they weren't watching World War II documentaries or conversing about military history. This is an F-18? No, that one. So what explains the nightmares and James's strange obsession with airplanes? I talked to my mom about it a lot of times. My mom had said maybe he's remembering a past life. What did you say? Uh, politely, baloney. <laughs> Andrea and Bruce of Lafayette, Louisiana are a highly educated modern couple. To them, the possibility that their little son James was manifesting signs of a former life was, well, a little out there. You know, having a past life is not the initial conclusion that you come to. You try and figure out any other way he could have. Did he see anything? Has there ever been anything on television, anything that we've discussed? But as time went by, Andrea didn't know what to believe. Here is James at age three, going over a plane as if he's doing a pre-flight check. He would continue to say and do things that were puzzling, like the time his mom bought him a toy airplane. And I said, oh, look, there's a bomb on the bottom of it. He said, that's not a bomb, Mama, that's a drop tank. A drop tank? I did, I'd never heard of a drop tank. I didn't know what a drop tank was. Andrea's mother suggested she look into the work of counselor and therapist Carol Bowman. Bowman has written two books, both supporting the proposition that sometimes the dead can be reborn. We are taught from a very early age in this culture, in the Judeo-Christian culture, that reincarnation doesn't exist. Once you observe this in a child and the evidence is very compelling, you have to open up to another explanation for what is going on. Bruce was deeply skeptical. He said there has to be a logical explanation. I don't believe in past lives. I don't believe in this stuff. But with the violent nightmares recurring three and four times a week, the Leinigers felt they had to do something. So with guidance from Bowman, they cautiously began to encourage James to share his memories. They say the result was startling. The nightmares immediately started reducing in frequency. Uh, he went down from three or four times a week to maybe one a week, one every other week. And at that point was when he started to articulate more about these past life memories. Seems normal enough, a little boy improving when his troubles are directly addressed. But Bowman says this is more, that James was forthcoming because this is the age when former lives are most easily recalled. They haven't had the cultural conditioning 
the layering over of experience in this life. I'm going to fast forward this so a little bit because I know we're can, pressed for time. Just three years old. So how does he know the pilots from a World War II squadron? That was like Holy You could have poured my brains out of my ears. I just couldn't believe it. When prime time continues. <laughs> With each passing month, little James Leiniger seemed to be peeling back memories of a past life. Vivid memories that scared and astonished his parents. Bruce had always said, what kind of plane did you fly? And he said, a Corsair. Yeah. He uh, said, a Corsair? He said the word Corsair. Mm-hmm. Not only did James remember flying a Corsair, he demonstrated knowledge of the plane's peculiarities. Like the time he was flipping through a book about planes when he was four. And he got to the Corsair and he said, that's a Corsair. And he goes, you know what? They used to get flat tires all the time. In fact, historians and pilots agree that the plane's tires took a lot of punishment on landing. Of course, this is a fact that could easily be found in books or on TV. But then, James began to offer up the kinds of specific details his parents say are harder to explain away. Another night, Bruce had come in and he said, do you remember where your plane took off? And he said it took off of a boat. Do you remember the name of your boat? Natoma. Do you remember what your name was? And he'd always say, James. His name is James. It never really occurred to us. We thought he just wasn't understanding the question. So I said, do you remember any friends or anyone else that you flew with? And he said, Jack. Jack Larson. Bruce began doing some research. Almost immediately, he discovered that the Natoma was an actual ship, a small aircraft carrier in the Pacific called the Natoma Bay. And Jack Larson, the Navy buddy little James recalled? Well, it turns out there was a pilot named Jack Larson who served aboard the Natoma Bay. In fact, he's alive and well and living in our... My brain's out of my ears. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. And there were more clues. Around this time, James began signing crayon drawings and other artwork, James Three. One day I asked him why he's calling himself James Three. It was because I'm the third James. And every once in a while you ask him that today and he'll still say the same thing. And one day while leafing through a new book about the Battle of Iwo Jima, Bruce turned to an aerial photo of the Pacific Island. James was seated nearby. He pointed to it and he goes, Daddy, that's where my airplane was shot down. And, and I said, what? It's, that's my airplane got shot down there, Daddy. And I just went, um, I just went blank. I, 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 did, I, I, I couldn't say anything. By then, Bruce had become a man possessed, searching the internet, combing through military records, and interviewing men who served aboard the Natoma Bay. Finally, a breakthrough. He learned that there was just one pilot from the squadron killed at Iwo Jima. That pilot, James M. Houston Jr. Is this why little James was calling himself James III? It just crystallized in my mind. This this has to be who we're talking about. You know, my meter of skepticism was starting to go over toward belief. When little James would describe being shot down, he told of how his plane had sustained a direct hit on the end. We had an airplane, and I said, well, can you show me where it was? And he, he pointed right up to the front of the engine. That's what makes this man's story so intriguing. His name is Ralph Clarber, 
Carver was a rear gunner on a TBM Avenger that flew off the Natoma Bay. On March 3, 1945, he took part in a raid near Iwo Jima. As it happens, Carver's plane was right next to the one flown by James M. Houston Jr. It was to be Hughes' last mission before leaving for home the following day. As Carver recalls, the sky was thick with enemy flak. We experienced uh, pretty heavy anti-aircraft fire, but uh, this was the most intense. Okay, so I'm I'm just going to post the video because that's a pretty long video, uh, but you get the gist. It's strange that his parents had named him the same name that he supposedly had when you know uh, in a past life. Yeah, that is weird. So that was one of those videos where I'm like, dude, they're not making this up. Yeah, very ironic. Well, and a kid, I mean, yeah, they have imagination, and uh, but they can't actually recur past events from somebody else's life. So how do you even begin to explain that? Like, you can't. Right. It's like one of those montages in movies where they start flashing back to their memories, but then like there's other scenes that they weren't even in, and you're like... Are you flashing back to other people's memories? <laughs> um, when did that story come out? Because uh, it's interesting. Like I know, as children get older, they lose a lot of the memories that they had. You know, like because I feel like children are open to different things when they're little, as far as even um, intuitive wise, and you know. I'm just wondering if he's gonna keep remembering things as he gets older, or if it's gonna. Kind of cut off. Well, I know I saw this years ago, so... Um, I'll be like, where's James now? <laughs> Does he remember anything? Uh, uh, we're actually... Um, well, okay, let, let me find out when this reincarnation video was. And then we're going to go to a break. Uh, reincarnation boy... Uh, hmm. I think it was 20, I mean, I 2015. I believe that he was. I what, do believe in some reincarnation. Six? Yeah. Oh, so he's only like nine now. Uh, this is him as a teenager in recent years. Oh, so it was. Wow. Yeah, and we'll we'll uh, we'll check in with that in a bit. So it was a lot longer ago than I thought, but okay. So we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to reincarnate the second half of this show. <laughs> hey guys, I just want to say Hitler is not on the moon. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. According to report, Hitler has landed on the moon. No, what? he's not he on the moon. According to NOLA.com, <laughs> Hitler not alive on the moon, study confirms. I mean, is he dead on the moon or he's just is, nobody um, put him up there? Is on Tupac the there and Biggie? I mean, seriously, because Machiavelli, Machiavelli, right? It's like all the celebrities Columbia who want to go into hiding, and it's like the the hip thing. You Prince, have, Prince, if you have, what a Prince if on you have a, There's all kicking on if Mars. If you have a lot of money, you can go hiding, like, Somewhere hip, and no one will ever find you. Holly, that moon is looking awful purple tonight. <laughs> I think your man is trying to give you a sign. Everybody, I think I hear some outside. Purple rain, purple rain. He's still rocking out up there. Purple <laughs> rays, moon rays. 
Uh, after completing what they say is the first examination of Adolf Hitler's remains since World War II, a team of researchers has announced that the Nazi leader most definitely died in Berlin and therefore cannot possibly still be alive on the moon. The study was no easy feat. Interesting. Over the past 73 years, Hitler's presumed corpse had been set on fire, secretly buried, dug up by the Soviets, <laughs> hidden by the KGB, and finally ordered destroyed. Hitler's person, meanwhile, has appeared in in the fantasies of all manner of conspiracy theorists who insist his body is fake. So last year, a team of French researchers persuaded the Russian government to let them inspect the last two bits of Hitler known to exist, a bullet shot chunk of the skull uh, and a set of, frankly, disgusting teeth. They compared these fragments to the war-era autopsies and concluded that, yep, those are definitely Hitler's teeth. There is no possible doubt our study proves that Hitler died in 1945, co-author, uh, excuse me, co-author Philip Charlier uh, told uh, the press after the paper published Friday in the blah, 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 blah. Uh, he did not flee to Argentina in a submarine, which is actually a very popular belief. Um, he is not in a hidden base in Antarctica or on the dark side of the moon. The professor is by no means the first researcher to try to debunk claims that Hitler survived past World War II, which had persisted for decades despite uh, the derision of nearly all mainstream historians. But just in case uh, Charlier is right and his study really does mark the end of the Hitler survival fiction, we have memorialized the genre for the sake of posterity. We now present... Below, the many lives and deaths of Adolf Hitler in descending order of plausibility. One, Hitler died heroically in battle. Um, actually, Charlie's team concluded Hitler most likely died in, with his wife while hiding in a Berlin bunker, quite uh, possibly after swallowing a cyanide pill and then shooting himself in the head for good measure. In this, the study confirmed what has long been the official account of his death. Maybe one reason that so many people had a hard time accepting the official version of Hitler's demise is that it started out as a bald-faced lie. Uh, at 10.20 p.m. on the day of Hitler's suicide, a German admiral addressed the country by radio. He announced solemnly that Hitler had died a few hours earlier fighting at the head of his troops. Uh, number two, Hitler lived. Uh, as Charlier and his co-authors wrote in their paper last week, Hitler had demanded in his will that Soviet forces about to overrun Berlin not be allowed to defile his corpse. Accordingly, his lieutenants doused his body in benzine, lighted it on fire, and buried it in a nearby shell shelter. Um, da 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 goes on. Uh, Hitler, number three, Hitler's great submarine escape. This is, I, I love this one. Sounds like... <laughs> it sounds like a movie, like Hitler's Great Escape. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, in loving, why well, I imagine Pee Wee being in this? In loving detail and with the minimal disclaimers, the Daily Mail once recounted one of one of the more elaborate legends of Hitler's escape from the Allied conquered Europe, beginning with the besieged lit, uh, leader uh, contemplating his future, stare, sorry, excuse me, staring at the portrait of Frederick the Great. The Fourth Reich will surely rise and he will be needed to lead it, Hitler thought, the mail wrote. That left one option, escape. So three days before his perpetrated suicide, Hitler ordered two corpses to be dressed as himself and his wife. He waited until the stroke of midnight, then slipped out of his bunker via a secret tunnel and sneaked through the bombed-out city of Berlin. He had rendezvoused with an airplane. He had arranged to meet him at the abandoned thoroughfare, then flew to Denmark and then Spain, then commandeered a submarine and escaped to South Africa, where he lived out his days in peace. Now, it's weird because there are photos of this guy in South Africa around the same exact time that look exactly like fucking Hitler. I mean... It's really weird. 
a lot of dudes from Germany around that time looked like Hitler because they all fucking worshipped him. In South America? Oh, well, I mean, one of the Nazis could have very easily fled to South America and pretended to be Hitler. I don't think he's that much of a gangster where somebody could have pulled his whole entire grill out, put a fake one in. He would have been like, I'm good. I don't know. He, he had a whole like country a behind him. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Number four. Oh, I love this. Okay, the, I guess it is possible. The Tropical Adventures of Adolf Schultmeier and Friends. <laughs> like all the best conspiracy theories, the story is of Hitler. the cartoon re- version of his? It's the Hanna-Barbera version. The story of Hitler's retirement in South America intersects with just enough reality to make it vaguely plausible without being so tied down to the facts uh, that it risks being disproved. A Nazi U-boat really did disappear near the end of World War II, for example, and many high-ranking Nazis really did escape to the Americas, sometimes evading capture for years. Last year, a newly declassified cache cache of government uh, documents revealed that the CIA actually investigated a report that Hitler was among them. Um, this goes on and on forever. Uh, I'm going to read the last two real quick. Uh, Hitler escaped to a secret Antarctic base, but don't worry, we nuked it. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> even. I'm not even going into that one. And number six, all it says is Moon Hitler. He's watching. So this body has been through so much uh, burning and and many other things. Did they think that they were going to have a? Uh, a Hitler zombie on their hands? I think they thought that the bodies were fake. But why you... Wasn't it they lit the same body on fire that they also like did a bunch Sodomized of Sodomized and shit? Well, they yeah. had a lot of dead people on their hands. They could have lit several on fire. True. And there was probably a ton of Hitler lookalikes at the time just in case somebody wanted to actually murder Hitler. Mm-hmm. He could be like, oh, there's my lookalike. Oh, yeah. murder him. To avoid assassins. Yeah, because that's what those fucking people do. What do we call them? Tyrants? Yep. Yeah, they have lookalikes. Osama bin Laden had tons of them. That's true. So. That is true. Hmm. So, but just know that we're all safe. (laughs) Well, actually, are we safe? Because if he's not on the moon, then where is he? Does Hitler have his um, DNA in the... In the bin that we can connect with. Ancestry.com, we're calling on you. <laughs> right. Is he dead? I'm related to Hitler. <laughs> I feel like you're not. Turns out from <laughs> Ancestry.com, tell me so. Guy spit in a tube. I'm related to Abraham Lincoln. I'm related to uh, George Washington. I'm related to Hitler. <laughs> I'm related to Genghis Khan. <laughs> I get a little bit Genghis Khan. I love that song. So... But, yeah, Hitler. <laughs> he's not on the moon, folks. <laughs> on that note. He's under your bed. Genocide. Oh, my God. Wow. Can I tell you? Who's <laughs> home? I just wanted to do that for no reason. Hitler's Surprise. like, Hitler's like, no number who this? He walks in <laughs> at the end of the drum roll. Ta-da. Mm. All right. So <laughs> thanks for the awesome birthday episode, guys. Thanks for the shots. Thanks for the Happy laughs. birthday, Casey. Hey, girl. And with that, I'm Casey Pierce. Where are you ending this? <laughs> well, yeah. I got to go home. <laughs> well, okay. was, this, was there a final thought? There's always a final thought. Um, like what? <laughs> <laughs>
What is life? <laughs> I, dude, that's every minute of my day. Like I said, is this real? Is this, real? <laughs> is this really happening? I haven't finished my shot yet. Because <laughs> sometimes, in some moments, I'm like, man, I really hope this isn't real. It's not real. Okay, I feel relieved. Then you oh. wake up the next day, and you're like, shit, this is real. I'm still here. It I really happened. My fuck. Can I graduate to the next spiritual plane? Especially please? if you did something stupid or you're I'm like, ready. I swear. Right. You did something you're embarrassed about. I've and done the next lots day of you wake things. up and you're like, mm, I'm still here. Ooh, <laughs> right. That's that. That's that epic worst hangover ever. Don't remember a thing blackout hangover. Those are the worst. There's always a morning after. <laughs> hate that. Well, it's got to be a morning after. Run out and watch Evil Genius. Oh, yeah. Wild, that wi- shit's awesome. Yeah. Oh, or Wild Wild Country. I've definitely been binge watching that this uh, Friday or Saturday for Evil sure. Because I'd like to know what's going on in that <laughs> batshit crazy bitch's head. Marjorie. And I'm going to go ahead and break down every narcissist I've ever met by just her like talking. She's probably rolled. She's probably all your exes rolled into one. I guarantee she is. Or um, with a vagina. <laughs> oh, I don't want to imagine that vagina. Oh, you gotta see this lady. I don't. Let's not. Get Ooh, into that stank out. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my lord. There's also the um documentary about the Amanda Knox um case. Do you know that one? Mm-mm. Um. So I'll wrap it up in the two minutes that we have, but. Um, she was in Italy for work, from what I understand, and she had, while she was there, she started, um, living with, I think it was four other girls in this house, um, and anyways, one of the girls died, and she, while she was there, she started dating this guy who was from Italy, and she claims that the night of the death, she was at her boyfriend's house, because they started claiming that she was the killer, um, and then they were trying to figure out if she was the killer or not. Did you guys hear about that? No. So, because um, there wasn't that much proof. There was some um, blood and some prints that were left behind and it was someone else's. But then her story and just everything it was kind of odd. And she she said that she walked into the house, which the door was open when she got home. Okay. And to her own house, right? To the house where she lived with the, with the the four other girls, but there there was only there was only the one girl in town because it was a holiday. The one that ended up dying was, was this at like it was in at Italy. a college campus or something. I think it just and that's why everybody was away that, for a holiday. I guess it's just a big holiday in Italy that everybody was oh. going away for oh. and going back home and stuff or doing whatever. So, um, anyways, uh. She walked into the house and she knew that all the other girls were away, but this one girl had stayed back uh, and didn't go away for the holiday. And she walked into the house when the doors just completely open. First of all, I'd be like, uh, that's weird. I wish and doors then, would magically just open for me and be like, welcome, Jessica. That never happens. <laughs> they do when I'm at Kroger. Well, like, I mean, so you gotta think, like, if you walked into <laughs> your own house, even if you were living with somebody, wouldn't you? I mean, I walked to my house one time and the back door was wide open. 
And I before I even stepped in the uh, foot in the house, I called uh, the guy that I was dating. I'm like, did you leave the back door open? He's like, oh, I don't know. I might have. I, I, I don't know. Because I'm like, uh, the door's open. And I was afraid someone was still in the house. Oh, God. So she's, she claims that she got there and the door was open. And she didn't think much of it. And then she goes to the, straight into the bathroom to take a shower. And she said she saw a couple drops of blood in the sink. But she said it wasn't that much blood. She thought it was maybe somebody shaving or something. Like, You're going to tell me this uh, now wait, before we who, leave for the night? <laughs> Great. Wait, was there a dude that lived with them? Because girls don't no. shave in the the fucking bathroom sink. No. Like, we do it on the bathtub with the water on low, and we, like, shave our legs and I don't shit. know, maybe. Right. Like, we don't do that shit in the sink, because yeah, that's a lot of. She thought she said she thought maybe someone got, like, a little cut or was shaving or something like that. Anyway, move along So, with this. there's, like, a couple of drops. She claims it's a really small amount. So then mm-hmm. she decides she's going to take a shower. After you see a little bit of blood in the sink and the door's open, you're going to still take a shower. Okay. Well. Did she leave the door, door open while she was in the shower? I, I bet no she idea. did. But she took a shower, and then she said when she opened the curtain to get out, she noticed there was a bloody, I think it was a bloody footprint on the mat. Uh, and then there was poop in the toilet. Okay. Because <laughs> who doesn't notice someone <laughs> shitting in a toilet? <laughs> Outside of a shower curtain. <laughs> right. So then... It's not a soundproof wall, bitch. <laughs> so then oh. she said, well, once I saw the the bloody print on the mat, I was like, uh, this seems wrong. So then... and the It was one of your boyfriends because the farts don't stink. <laughs> so then... I mean, Chris is my boyfriend, but his farts don't actually stink. So then the roommate who was home still, um, she said that the door was closed and she went and knocked on the door to see if she was okay. And she said there was no response. And she kept, she banged on it, and there was still no response. And she tried to open it, and she couldn't get it open. So anyway, she called. She said she called her boyfriend over. Boyfriend came over. They tried to get into the room, but they couldn't. And um, that's when they ended up calling the police, and then um, discovered the police got, uh, had to force their way into the room. And she was discovered. Um, her the person who killed her had taken um, an object and stabbed her in the neck, and. It was like a sexual assault crime where you can tell that they were raped. Doing, I don't know if she was necessarily raped, but she was. They didn't really say she was raped, but they said that she was like sexually what's manipulated because um, she had some markings on her vagina, but they didn't say that she had any semen or anything like that. Like it didn't say that she actually was raped. Um, she was still sexually assaulted, though. Yeah, sexually assaulted. And uh, they found her in, in a duvet cover or whatever was over her, and Ugh. she had been killed. And Jesus. so they thought the roommate's behavior was weird because she was kissing on her boyfriend when the cops showed up and, like, oh, uh, acting strange. And then them saying, oh, well, why did you take a shower when you saw a little bit of blood? And then, like, they didn't understand that. And whose but poop that, was it? That's what I want to know. But then they were saying that. shit. They, they they had some um Phantom pooper. They had That's someone whose prints were already in the system for the police, uh, and that matched up with the person who's the only person that they could identify at the scene was this guy who had broke and entered um, into other houses and was trying to steal stuff before. And there was a window that looked like they said it was set up to look like a break in, but it was staged. And so his his stuff matched the crime scene, but they were also mm. saying that it looked like it could have been more more than one person saying that she was part of it. Anyways, it, it's just a really crazy story, but um, they have it on Netflix right now. Of course they do. I love her you, her inter- being interviewed and her boyfriend being interviewed, or who was her boyfriend? I want to know about the poop. <laughs> well, I, I know. think 
He said that he that. Well, I should probably shouldn't give it all away. But no, don't give spoilers. Fan pooper. <laughs> Whose poop was it? To be continued. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only part of the story Keith's going to turn it for. Right, and, and then just, I'm going to shut it off after that. Okay, at least I, I can sleep tonight because I know whose shit that was. <laughs> I shot this one on my nose. <laughs> Fireball just went through all his nose. I want the case of the phantom pooper solved, damn it. She's like, I can't sleep. I'm going to turn this on. She fast forwards to the poop scene. Okay. <laughs> poop criminal caught. Can go to bed now. Poop crimes. You do the crime, you do the time. I come to shame you and your poop. Times number two. <laughs> All right. How you not flush the toilet? Shame on you. Phantom pooper. <laughs> poop shamers. <laughs> Parent shamers by day. Shit shamers by night. <laughs> Shit shamer. Da, 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 da. It's got to have a heavy bass line too. Like, I love your jingle. I got you. I'm like, I know how to edit stuff now. I'll layer some music under there. There you go. It's got to be like a heavy, like. It'll be really heavy bass. Oh, but one more thing. That man in the next girl was American. Um, So it was like a big ordeal between America and Italy, too. And the roommate that got killed was um, European. I think she was like, or no, I think she uh, she's from, I think she's from England. I can't remember now, but. Anyways. So she was from Europe, and the girl who fucking killed her was from America. She was like, "I'm well, just your European uh, fancy ass." That's the thing is that like, we don't we, we, no. There's a, there wasn't enough evidence on her, so you don't really know she. I killed mean, her I'm, or not. I've decided she killed her. <laughs> <laughs> who goes and takes a shower after the door is open, and there's a little bit of blood in the sink? I don't know. And I'd who be too doesn't out. notice somebody shitting in a toilet across? I mean, That's true. I'd be come like, on, girl, I'd be all detective on it, like looking at everything in the bathroom. Because Nancy Muller fucking drew. Like we all read those books. And Plus, we you'd up. be looking at every single room before. You'd be like, I mean, hey, right. who left the door open? You're like, oh my god, there's a couple. Drops of blood. Oh, here's bloody footprint. Like, I think I'll just jump in the shower. It's so fun. <laughs> She's like, someone's dying, good. but oh well, I'm going to take my shower anyway. This isn't my <laughs> issue. Not my problem. Oh. I wish we would have talked about 100. this earlier. Sorry. Maybe- I would have loved to talk about the Phantom Pooper. Yo, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this in two weeks. We'll talk about, I want updates. Uh, we're all watching this. What the hell is this documentary called? Uh, Knox. Uh, Cano. Like yeah. Oh. Um, hold on, it was it? Johnny Knoxville. That's what poop <laughs> it was. That's why called Knox. The school of hard knocks. It was the hardest poop ever. <laughs> he was constipated. And yeah. all it comes back to poop. Amanda really Knox killed a person on Netflix. By sheer force. Her name's Amanda Knox on Netflix, and um, it's interesting. I, I've been watching a lot of these different documentaries, but. I feel the need to like Google how many Amanda like crazy murdery bitches there's been in the last oh, yeah, fifteen a lot of years. Amanda's, that's it. Thank you. Right? Yeah, you're I right. Mean, I guess she also feel um, the need to Google that. She also wrote a book after. Probably her. don't name your daughter that. Maybe Sarah or something safe. Oh, like I'm not that. having kids. So or Nancy. No, no, no. This is to the public. Oh, <laughs> my middle name is Amanda. I was going to say Holly's Amanda. M- Holly's middle name is Amanda. Motherfucker. <laughs> My middle I name am. is crazy. I am. I'm Casey, a crazy will you walk me out to my car? <laughs> Bitch, I want to walk out to my car. All right, well. There's shit outside my door. And I don't know whose it is. <laughs> don't look in the bathroom toilet here. I turn around and Holly's just staring at me. Oh, Holly didn't see there. All right, we gotta go. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm Casey. I'm Holly. Bye.
<laughs> <laughs> Good night.